Trekkies, and welcome to another episode of Trek Freaks. This is part of the Geek Freaks Podcast Network. On this podcast, we review and analyze episodes of Star Trek starting all the way back with the original series. My name is John. I'll be one of your hosts, joined by the guy, our showrunner, editor, producer, content creator for all kinds of social media and all around badass, Frank, a.k.a. Taff. What's going on, Frank? The reason I <laughs> guessed on this show is for that intro. <laughs> It's, that's my good, favorite. Good. That's for sure. I gotta, I gotta keep piping uh, I it up. I want to report, by the way, that Kevin is back next week, guys. We're all happy. He's recording Pushing Buttons. Nice. You guys know that's one of our other shows that he he and um, his friend Kyle have been doing off and on since 2018. They started back when we started. And so Kevin is on his way back, guys. Yes. Yeah, today we're talking Season 2, Episode 17, A Piece of the Action. Nice. A wild episode. Just right off the top, what was your opinion of this episode? What would you think? What a silly mess. Yeah, it was. It's fun, but it's so silly that it's like, okay. I mean, sure. I mean, whatever, but it's not like I wouldn't use this as an example of like the best of Star Trek. Not yeah, at all. definitely not the best of Star Trek, but I love the cliche. This is kind of like, to me, this feels like the funniest, the most common, you know, what you see in Star Trek. But yeah, there's yeah. definitely really good sci fi episodes that I love more, but this has that kind of time travel, a little bit of hijinks, and. It's a kind of a good representation of the time, I think, but I like it. Yeah, it, it's definitely if you're trying to find like an example of bad William Shatner acting, boom. <laughs> I have no better option than this one right here. Oh, come, I mean, so you could say it's bad Shatner acting, or you can identify it as Kirk not being an actor. And That's in that true. sense, then it's very I mean, good Shatner acting. I would right? say it's at exactly. least overacting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he looks like he's like some high schooler in a play, and his mom's in the front row, and he's really trying to show off, you know. And it's like, oh man, yeah. when he's doing the whole like mobster <laughs> thing, I'm like, oh brother, it's tough yeah. to watch. <laughs> uh, I love it. It makes me laugh. I mean, maybe it wasn't supposed to make me laugh the whole time, but I was rolling. It was so good. I was cringing, but I was. <laughs> it was very fun to watch. I mean, in a way. <laughs> All right. So before we dive into the warp speed recap, I got a question for you. All righty. Uh, so in this episode, some some stuff was left in uh, this planet and it kind of affected their society. Yeah. So if you could leave one thing or technology with an underdeveloped planet, what would it be and why? Oh, that's a great question. I actually, I wrote down an emergency <laughs> question was kind of an, uh, related to this. Um, what would I leave and why? So, oh God, you guys, you know, I've got it. It's basically going to be like the last time for a while that I'll be on Trek Freaks probably. So I want to make sure to really upset Kevin before I leave. I'm going to say I'm going to leave World of Warcraft behind and uh, because I think it's a wonderful game. It's a great story. And uh, I have made some friends through it. And with that, are you leaving them computer technology? Well, of course, you got to do the whole thing. I'm I'm leaving them a gamer (laughs) set up with some like Cheez-Its and, uh, you know, everything. So they can play some World of Warcraft and apparently a bunch of people that are playing online because they can't play by themselves. My idea is not great, Jonathan. I'm realizing immediately. Well, that sounds fun because I'm thinking like how would this would develop over a hundred years, right? If these people yeah. who didn't know anything about computers all of a sudden have one and this other, this portal that they go through into this different realm, right? They would, it would be a spiritual event for them. They would go on an exploration they and would fight these heaven. demons. And, yeah, exactly. They're <laughs> like, this is how we access, you know, our creator's, you know, world or realm. That would be, that'd be really, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> I would want to wreak some havoc. It's terrible, but I would leave a replicator behind and just say, oh, go God. at it. Nuclear I mean, war. they would just, right? Yeah, they would make everything. I mean, you could probably set some kind of limitations on it or something, but 
it would just be fun to see, you know, what are the first things that they start to create? And then what are the later things? <laughs> At what point do they get into porn? Because, you know, it's just a matter of time before they start replicating. Yeah. Right. I mean, all technology is just just used terribly. But anyways. Uh, so, yeah, definitely at some point replicated technology. I was watching I was watching uh, Orville or Lower Decks or something, and I was thinking, like, how fast after they invented rep, uh, uh, the holodecks did they go right to porn? Like, how fast did that take? It <laughs> well, must that was, have been, was, like, day one. It was, a stepping, it was a stepping stone, I'm sure. Porn was in there before holodecks were perfected. <laughs> yeah. Actually, <laughs> right? that mean, was probably, like... Yeah, we'll, we'll we tinker around with the porn version of it. Eventually, we'll get it good. You're right, 100 yeah, percent right. Yeah, and there's well, a lower decks. I know you haven't watched lower decks, but there's a lower <laughs> decks thing where they talk about like they bleep it out, but they're basically like, "I've been cleaning the splooch filter all day in the low in, in the holodex," and the captain's like, "What people use it for that?" I was like, "That's all they use it for." <laughs> oh my great. god, you gotta watch lower That's decks, man. <laughs> I know one of these. I mean, we're gonna get to it eventually, probably in like ten years, but oh, no, I'll no, review no. them all when we get cut up for sure. <laughs> Oh man, uh, I'll do a pirated right, version just... of this podcast where I just do lower decks by myself, and I'll make sure it happens pretty soon. <laughs> oh man! Right? Hey, I'm sure the people would love it. <laughs> All right, let's jump into our warp speed recap. Investigating a lost Federation ship, the Enterprise stumbles on a major breach in the Prime Directive. They beam down to Sigma Iosha Two to find what looks very similar to Earth in the '50s, but under mob rule. With factions at war, everyone is just trying to get their piece of the action. Holding Kirk and crew at gunpoint, the mob bosses demand weapons. One boss will take, take out all competition and rule the planet. Logical, but not ethical. Kirk learns to do business their way. With a couple demonstrations of his power, he is able to establish an order, installing a loose structure of authority with no bloodshed. The Federation, with its powerful technology, will still be the big boss and trust they will be back every year for their cut. It's it's such a silly story. It's just so I mean, goofy. It doesn't fit well into the whole sci-fi futuristic realm, but I mean, it Even made it believable you're, when, you, when you're finishing that Warp Speed recap, I'm reminded of the final joke of the episode, and I was like, <laughs> my god, that's so stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. who wrote this? I mean, it's just something else. Um, also, I believe it's the 30s, because that was, uh, I, I I think that's 30s, because I was checking, like, you know, it's kind of looks like Godfather, so I guess, I think it's the 30s, and the car that mm -hmm. Kirk drives is, in the, is from the 30s. Um, so I, I googled it 20s to 50s. So you're probably okay, right. But okay. 20s is when when the mobs started to become a thing. Their peak was 40s to 50s. So that's why oh, I figured I 50s was like so their highest technology, fast cars and all that stuff. But you're definitely probably right then, because I was I was yeah. Googling a lot of that lot. Um, well, I want to talk about this. I'm going to jump in real quick, Jonathan. This yeah. is filmed on the Washington Square lot at Paramount in South California, Southern California. Um, mm -hmm. so in the eighties, most of this lot burnt down, but some of the stuff still remains. The lot was used for, um, at this time, the exact set you guys are seeing is a lot of stuff, right? Laverne and Shirley's filmed on this lot. Um, so you've seen these buildings before and, and immediately as soon as I see them, I'm like, Oh God, yeah. Hi, my mother. I know they use this part and you know, you can definitely <laughs> see it all right. Uh, Seinfeld, whenever you see mm -hmm. Seinfeld outside, Elaine walking down, doing her goofy dance, that's the lot right there. Um, Universal has one of these lots. And literally the universal map shows like if you need it to look like modern New York, it's this street. But then if you move over one street over, it's like New York, 1950. This looks like it's Times Square. This one looks like, you know, so it's like replicas of certain areas if you need it. And yeah. I'm going to share on our, on our social medias, guys, when, the, when this episode comes out, 
some pictures from the Washington Square lot and you'll just recognize some of these places. It's like, man, that's I've seen that a hundred times on Laverne, Laverne Shirley. Well, you also saw Kirk being a mobster. <laughs> and then using <laughs> Enterprise, the very first and only time Enterprise has used its phasers on stun in this episode to stun <laughs> all those guys, which again, we talked about this on Geek Freaks, how silly it must be on set sometimes. And they're like, mm-hmm. everybody fall down. You got hit by a big green laser. <laughs> everybody just drops. Dudes <laughs> Three, two, one drop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was good fun, though. It was good fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd, be, it'd be so cool just to be able to watch these and be like a, a set designer or something. Like that. Just, yeah. I'll, I'll hold somebody's coffee. I just want to like <laughs> hang out on set sometimes. Uh, but, I mean, imagine to see all the different stuff that's filmed on the same set and, you know, they yeah. redress it a little bit or whatever, hang oh, some course. banners and stuff. But uh, that'd be, like, pretty cool to see. The job I've always wanted. Uh, have you ever seen Fargo, the TV show Fargo? Yeah. I know yeah, oh, yeah, you yeah. watched the first season. Well, later seasons, yeah. they go back, like, especially, especially the last one with Chris Rock is fantastic. Yeah. I barely saw the first, like, couple episodes of that one. I remember oh, so it good. was the season that has Chris Rock and I haven't finished it. Well, in watching that, I all I could think about is like, man, the job I want right now is to be the person that has to find those cars, find those clothes. Like, can you imagine oh, like your yeah. job is to go to swap meets and just try to find old 30s clothes or clothes that could look like the 30s. For like Game yeah. of Thrones, the person who did the dressing for Game of Thrones, the cloaks yep. that that the um, men on the wall wear, the, the oh God, come on, Frank, you're reading the books. The Nightwatch wear, yeah. <laughs> they're rugs from Ikea. They're actually oh, no like, way. yeah, they're fake fur <laughs> rugs from Ikea. They just cut oh, them in crazy. the right shapes. I mean, what a fun job that's got to be. You got to get creative, you know? It's like crafts. Yeah. It's like the, the crafts that you learn in preschool, but like, all right, you're level three now. Of course. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm thinking like there's got to be a lot of small groups of of like fans of different things that you can work with. So like for classic cars, there's tons of classic car clubs. Yeah. Like partner with them and say, hey, we want to show off your guys' exactly. cars. You'll be in this episode and you'll be credited and everything and, you know, pay them however much. but. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of small groups you can totally work with, like partner with for that kind of stuff. And there's all kinds of things on Star Trek through multiple episodes and especially this one where you're seeing them mm-hmm. use something. And you're like, you know, this this prop or whatever kind of looks like a vacuum cleaner. Like the, <laughs> there's that one where like the the mechanical robot or whatever, the drone like takes over the ship. Like that's a vacuum cleaner on a fishing line. But somebody <laughs> had to think like we need a robot. OK, let's take this Hoover, paint it black, mm-hmm. throw some, yeah. you know, screws from Home Depot on it. Boom. Some, we got some we party got hats alien. on the side. <laughs> yeah. And that's it's got to be fun to kind of do that. And Star Trek really flexes a, a tight budget. I, whenever there's a time travel, this is an actual time travel, but a time travel like episode like this. I, the first thing I think is like, oh, budget must be tight because generally mm-hmm. like even Voyager did it. You just got to go back to the 90s. OK, yeah. that's easy enough. It's funny that they <laughs> always go back to the time when the show was filmed. You know, like yeah. in the Voyages when they went to the nineties, like, okay, I get it. You didn't go to 2022. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or go back to, you know, the 1800s, something like that. You almost never see something that's that far out of their time. Yeah. Yeah. But that'd be awesome. Uh, all right. So we open up there approaching Sigma Iosha 2. Um, the horizon went missing. They're trying to figure out why. Right. But they didn't find out it was missing for a hundred years because yeah. it sent, it used regular radio frequency messaging. Well, they used like the, yeah, because this, the, Distress beacon, whatever came from that planet that just has radios. They couldn't, yeah. they couldn't send something that was faster. So it actually was gone already. Mm-hmm. But um, that book behind, that's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> yeah. Which I think so, is my okay. first of two morals from this whole story is about that book. Yeah. So this book was made. The this book they left behind. Uh, it was about mobs of Chicago, published in 1992. So yeah. it's kind of funny that this show from '68 is projecting that this book is going to come out in the future. I'm wondering 
did they think mobs were gonna develop more on earth and become you know ruling cities or was this just from 92 a historical book about it is it's their a textbook time. the actual name of the textbook is called chicago mobs of the 20s and mm-hmm. so that's oh. the name of the book so it's actually like a textbook and they read it and were like let's do this you know yeah <laughs> it became their bible they even reference it they be- it became their bible in a lot of ways and so they yeah. think that like it kind of reminds you of the frangies it's like if the frangies mm-hmm. got like the you know Amazon uh, business model somehow on their planet. That's what they would create. They have the Frankies. They must have gotten it. The rules of acquisition. Right. You know Jeff Bezos got on his wall somewhere the rules of acquisition. And he's right. constantly referring. It's, it's like rule number 482, create Amazon Prime. Yeah, I think they stop at like 286 or something like that. But oh, yeah, yeah. There's, he's, he's yeah. making the extensions. <laughs> I would love. So there's gaps in that, right? In the rules God. of acquisition, yeah. there are, you know, they skip two or three numbers here and there. I want to go through at some point when I have some plethora of time. First, I have to study all of them so that I don't repeat any and then make fillers in between there. That'd be awesome. But Jonathan, you make a couple fillers and I'll put them up on our social medias and just make mm-hmm. them fun. Like rule, you know, 37 offer free shipping, you know, something like that. Like that. We've <laughs> free really shipping fun. is never really free. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that. how you do it. That's actually how you phrase it, too, John. That's a great yeah. way to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have the book. I think it's uh, you've yeah, got right the rules of acquisition in your room. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, okay, that's yeah. cool. That's I keep I keep it like on my nightstand. My plan was every night I'm gonna read one so I can get really um, good at remembering them. But I haven't been reading them, so I'm fine. <laughs> Who needs a business <laughs> degree? I w- I would love if like, you walked into a, a some sort of I don't know exact. I don't know how you see it on movies. They wear suits. They got a briefcase, and then you walk in there like I don't need no law degree or business degree. I know the rules of acquisition. <laughs> I would hire you. Right. Um, good. <laughs> so my first moral out of this story is. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit religious in a way, but it's basically you can't base your entire life off of one book or one source because these guys had a culture before Starfleet interfered, which, by the way, before Prime Directive, for sure, um, mm-hmm. or before Prime Directive was like solidified because we know in Strange New Worlds, it's starting up right now. Um, mm-hmm. And if this if this people if these people didn't totally ditch their old culture and totally in 100 years, like become a whole new culture. Even the buildings, obviously we know it's because it's on set, but the buildings, presumably they changed their buildings for this. The entire culture bought in on one book. And in both mob bosses' rooms, we see it like held up on basically up high, like an idol that they're worshiping, this cheesy textbook, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's one of the two morals is you can't base your entire identity maybe on one source or yeah. you know something like that because these guys... They bit the bait pretty hard. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, it's just like, just with anything, if you develop only one skill, if you want to be a chef and you can cook really good, but you can't, like, put gas in your car, you're going to have some problems. Like, you need to have basic functionality. Yeah, and kind of like be open-minded ways, but, is another way of probably yeah. looking at it. Just like, if you know, if your parents tell you one way the entire time and you go into an adulthood and never questioning that, well, then mm-hmm. you're just a carbon copy of your parents. You have to open your mind up and you know, learn more. And I think that's kind of something that might be pulled from this episode. It's, it's a stretch. The easier yeah. one and is, we, you know, guns, but. <laughs> and we see that in nature. It's a part of evolution, right? Like, yeah. so your parents lived in a different time. They didn't have the same technology, the same challenges and stuff like that. They had many similar challenges and some of the same, but you have to learn with what they give you and everything else around you and digest that information to make smart decisions for yourself in this generation so yeah because these guys yeah. they didn't they didn't question 
anything they were given. They just went with the book and they stuck with it 100%, which of course can be seen by, we don't, we don't normally talk about religion, but in religion, there are some people who don't question anything. And it's like, if you mm -hmm. keep it open-minded and you be empathetic, or in this case, why are we constantly shooting each other? Why is a drive-by common? They, yeah. You would improve so much. Luckily, the, the mm -hmm. new mob boss, the Federation, rolled into town to save you guys, you know? <laughs> and especially if you can extract the moral and the message and the meanings behind that book and not necessarily the text. Yeah. And, you know, apply that because that's you know, a lot of times people can manipulate words to their benefit and it's... yeah. You it's know, not like not this, exactly what this was meant. book was about like glorifying the mob bosses. I'm sure a book written in 92 was talking about how crazy corrupt everything was, as in don't yeah. do it. And instead, yeah. you guys are like, that's a business model right there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, so, so that book affected their culture so drastically. How, what other kind of society would be fun to see based on a different book? That's my question for you, behind. actually. If you didn't have a question, that was my question for you. Oh, what okay. book would nice. you want to be left behind? For me, Lord of the Rings. That was my idea. Because I was like, Lord of the Rings, oh, really? you know, the light always wins. It's always just, no matter what, have faith in each other. Friendship, the fellowship will always prevail. And I'm like, that would be a really good book to base a society off of. You know, yeah, you see, like you could imagine a society would assume elves and like that are just because obviously... J uh, Lord of the Rings is written very much in, you know, the Christianity faith type of thing. So obviously elves are meant to look like angels and, you know, Gandalf's got kind of a Jesus complex going on. But generally, like, yeah, as long as you stick together with your friends, you trust in each other, have faith in each other, even Mount Doom can't stop you, you know? And so I think that's perfect. What do you think? To me, what would be pretty cool, I don't know, this would be possibly somewhat similar, but it would make it for a good episode too is if they left behind some Sherlock Holmes books yeah. and imagine how they would extract that and turn that into their society. There'd be, you know, secret passageways in all these buildings they build cool. and everyone would just be passing messages and it would all be like, you know, drinking out of the wrong glass, assassinations and stuff like that. Similar, it's a, you know, power struggle between their society, not a happy, peaceful place, but I think it'd be pretty fun. But over warriors, scientists would, like smart people would be worshipped. You know, we're starting yeah. to see it with the Marvel universe. Like that's, Iron Man is cool because he's smart enough to make a suit. And that would be, yeah. that'd be cool. I like that idea. Yeah. All right. So when they get there, uh -huh. guys, what, what's up with all these? I'm sorry. Hold on, guys. You know what? We got to clarify. They're not carrying uh -huh. guns. It's heaters. And uh, yes. <laughs> this, this planet needs some common sense heater control. That's what's going mm -hmm. on. And the heaters in the streets, it's terrible. What do you think about this planet with the heaters? Is this the second, like, most heavy-handed commentary ever in a Star Trek? Don't use too many yeah. guns? Yeah, probably. I mean, well, what would you expect, though, if mob bosses really did take over? Yeah. You know, if you go to a, a city that's ran by, by gangs or a cartel or something like that, everybody that's not an innocent mom pushing her baby in the stroller, everybody else is going to have a gun. I mean, it's, it's going to be commonplace. That's not good, not okay, not safe, but... I mean, that's what we could expect if the mobs did rule the cities like that. Uh, I, I think it was just, it was funny though to kind of see it overplayed oh, yeah. for sure. There's this one point where the guy like uses his gun to lift up the baby's blanket to check with the baby. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? <laughs> You're so waving funny. your gun in the face of a baby. How did this mom not <laughs> yeah. punch you and scream? But And I yeah. love that the end result of that was like, oh, it's a baby. You're okay to go. It's like, what? You just pointed a kid button gun at my baby. <laughs> By the way, speaking yeah. of gangsters taking over. So. In the original 1964 Star, uh, Star Trek pitch by Gene Roddenberry, he included a sentence about an episode called President Capone 
where the Enterprise crew would find a parallel version of the 1920s where Al Capone actually became president. And um, it, it, it later became called The Syndicate and then Chicago 2. There's like different names, but the idea was Al Capone became president. So this was originally pitched as like a time travel thing where Al Capone is in charge. That'd be an awesome like three or four episode arc though. I would love Wouldn't that. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you gotta like, I don't know, who else is around that? You gotta get some like... Babe Ruth to help you hit something. I, you know, whatever. It's falling yeah. apart so fast. <laughs> it sounds yeah. fun. Other people from that era to help save you guys. Though. We know yeah. nobody though, Jonathan. We're and I'm sure. I, I don't know. I'm sure uh, Babe Ruth wasn't around. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know anything from like the 20s. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty bad. Oh god. We're sorry, guys. Um, we don't know enough about the 20s for you. We we, we truly apologize. Yeah. You know what? If you're listening and you know who would be the perfect person to help our crew. In the 20s, there we go. fight off Al Capone. Please write <laughs> us, hit us up on social media. We want to laugh with you guys about this. That'd be oh great. Oh my God, what a silly prompt for somebody else. This shows <laughs> this episode is like, normally it's like, hey, what cap do you think it's best? Or something like that. This time yeah. it's like, name a 20 celebrity. <laughs> yeah, right. oh, uh, okay, so I got another question for you. Then. Fire away. So these three guys, the, the the three, you know, Kirk, Spock, and uh, the trifecta. McCoy. Yeah. Yeah. They're on the planet surface. They do have some communication with the planet when they're not uh, with the ship when they're not held at gunpoint. But imagine if they were kind of stranded and didn't have communication with the ship. They were there for a little while. Where? How do you think? And I'm assuming they get in a fight kind of pretty right. early on, uh, and they go their separate ways. How do you see them going? Who would be doing what? And and like, how would they try to resolve this? You think? Um, and that's kind of a loaded question. Well, a lot. you know, it's interesting because I kind of think McCoy would just eventually adapt and become part of the society. I think McCoy mm -hmm. would do quite well in these times. Um, I think Kirk actually would too until he got shot for saying the wrong thing or sleeping with the, Bob, the mob boss's wife. That's what he would do. <laughs> and Spock would be like somebody's backroom guy counting money all day. Can't you imagine Spock mm -hmm. like becoming like- The human computer? Yeah, the human computer for a mob boss or something like that. What do you think yeah. would happen? Oh, not humans. The Vulcan computer, Vulcan sorry. computer, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Epic fail. Uh, so I thought about this for a little while. I started getting excited, like pre-writing another episode of my head. <laughs> but I'm thinking like, you know, Kirk is cunning and, and you know, authoritative and stuff like that. Bones is is more soft and caring, even though he's kind of sarcastic and stuff like that, but he's more compassionate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Spock is logical and literal. So I think Kirk would get into the fold, right? He's going to do like yeah. he did here and try to take control so that he can... You know, once he has control, they can get their communicators back or use his resources to get back to their ship. Uh, Bones, I think, would join like a socialist movement who's fighting against the mobs. Ooh, I love that. Right? Yeah. Trying to free the, the innocent people, the moms whose babies are getting guns waved in their face. They yeah, don't like that. He's you can see he it on a poster start now. That. Get those guns out my right. baby's face. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then Spock. We saw this in the other the the actual tri time travel episode. He's gonna try to. Uh, Make the technology, create a communicator yeah. to get a hold of the ship. It's only makes sense. I need You're to get right. away from all this chaos, make a communicator. So he's going to be in some farmhouse somewhere working on this technology. We got a beep, a beep plot going. <laughs> so, well, go ahead. What do you he's got? Doc Brown, dude. He's going to be the Doc Brown in, in uh, Back to the Future 3. Exactly. That's perfect. <laughs> so this B plot is there's this young couple that we meet and we start to really like, and then they don't realize that they're both on opposite sides of the of the fight, right? One of them is buddies with Kirk and one nice. of them is buddies with Bones, and they don't realize that the other one's actually on the opposition. So Kirk is, takes power and he or 
at the last minute after a, uh, after the big boss sends out all his guys to go, you know, wipe out the socialists, Kirk is able to to take him out, incapacitate him, and yeah. takes his spot on the top chair. But then he's trying to pull back the reins and stop his guys from killing everybody. Right? McCoy is leading this this uh, fleet of you know socialists into this battle and whatnot. But he's you know he's a doctor, so he's not really trying to kill nobody, but trying to uh, take the means of power, not inoculate them, but yeah, tranquilize them all and yeah. whatnot. Uh, and so this big war is about to to clash, and sure enough, just at the nick of time, Spock figures out their communicator technology, yeah. beams himself back to the ship, beams the other two out of there, and you know everybody's still at war though, right? But the B plot falls into place. This this guy and this girl that were madly in love with each other realize oh they're God. on opposite ends of the war. He was the one after Kirk disappeared because he was his right hand man. He assumed power from Kirk's side. And she was actually the leader next to McCoy of the rebel side. So together they find a way to make peace and develop their own democracy between their people. It'd be great. I want to see it, John. You write that script. <laughs> Let's send it to CBS. Uh, see what they think. I don't know there how to write a script, a sequel but we can to take this, the by sound the bite, right? There's a sequel to this episode in the comic books. Marvel wrote it. Oh, really? I got to pick oh, it up. What? I got to see what happened with this. Place. And then I guess, I think they revisit it. Oh, they were going to in Deep Space Nine. You know how they went in Deep Space Nine to the Trouble of Tribbles episode? Originally, mm-hmm. they were going to come back to this episode, mm-hmm. but they changed it. I would cool. like to see what it would have been like if they came back to this episode. Yeah. I think it would have been easier to come back to this episode if it was already a time travel episode, too. Yeah. And the not fact just that it's uh, not throws it off a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. They would have come back. Okay. Well, the thing... Okay, so let's just jump to the end real quick. You already did the, the Warps and Recaps. People know how it sends. Yeah, yeah. So they realized that they left a, a, was a communicator behind. And yeah, immediately yeah, yeah. they thought like, well, these guys are super resourceful. They built an entire society based off a book. In another hundred years, they're gonna they're gonna take that that communicator and create an entire society out of it. They'll figure out the technology. Mm-hmm. And apparently the technology in this communicator is the same technology that like runs all of the Federation. Like they were saying basically, like <laughs> you could backwards, you know, engineer this thing to figure out how to transport things and stuff. Apparently. I think maybe the battery mm-hmm. is like, you know, double A. Um, and so they were saying like this is gonna happen now. And so it kind of leaves you open to, and of course, Kirk does this joke about like, oh, that's going to mess with our cut, whatever. But nevertheless, now yeah. it's like when they go back to this planet, is it going to be like gangsters in space or space pirates? You know, it's going to be such an evolution. It's going to be gangster mixed with futurist. Yeah. And I, I was I was trying to figure out what that technology could do. That was one of my questions here, too, is like, what could happen with a communicator? And I didn't think about what you're saying is, yeah, it's the battery. It's got an energy source that yeah. is probably indefinite, you know, endless power source. Uh, to me, I was thinking like, it can't, it doesn't transport anything. All it does is like subspace communication, but they use subspace for traveling too, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Not necessarily in warp speed, but you know, I don't know. So it might be that that gives them the ability to space travel, but I don't think it would be replicators or transporters, but the energy source is the yeah. big key. And if they could do like uh, so subspace, yeah. then it's like they can make subspace bombs. Like there was an there was an yeah. episode I've seen before where like there was a disruption in subspace and it like ruined space. It was like spilling nuclear mm-hmm. waste in an area, so they couldn't go to that part of space. Oh, yeah, you can't warp travel through through destructed subspace. There was a certain bomb that was going to make that we're, whole you know like what? we're such Star Trek experts, guys. You're so welcome. <sighs> yeah, that that was definitely a Voyager episode. It's got to be a Voyager episode. Yeah, if I remember anything <laughs> real smart, it's that one. All right. Um. Um. But so, what other kind of technology do you think they could leave behind that would be worse than a than a communicator though well i mean yeah if they somehow left a replicator behind i mean it would be like what's the top things at first i mean right away first off it's like hey can you make me a cool new gun 
Oh, that's neat. Can I yeah. get a pile of gold? Oh, that's cool. I want a bomb now. I mean, it would be so fast. I yeah. get the bomb like in three. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm thinking all those are good if they give you the data with them, like the information. Like data, you'd have to data like, from next gen. Rep- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Replicate the manual of you know how this stuff goes, or one yeah. of their computer systems, you know so what? you can learn their technology. And I want to say real quick, those mob bosses were really smart. Every time both mob bosses asked for something, they said, "We want the guys to teach us how to use it." That was a yeah. really good move. So it shows that just yeah. because they're like fully indoctrinated into this mob life, they were smart enough to invent the technology in a book that probably doesn't explain how to make a gun. And yet they mm-hmm. made guns. So there's something there where like, this is actually a genius society just misusing its <laughs> intelligence. You know, I mean, yeah, if if all the society is pushing in the same direction, you'd think their smartest people <laughs> are also trying to make weapons. So what would happen if it's... we moved in one direction, Jonathan? <laughs> oh, my Damn God. Sci-fi. The world would change directions of rotation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Um, uh, let's see. I had a bunch of other questions in here. What was I that? got one for you, Jonathan. What do you think about this game, Fizzbin, that Kirk made up? Oh, that was perfect. We've seen that too. We've seen that somewhere else where they just make up a card game as they go and to to mess with people. Maybe it was Kirk already. Actually, William Shatner actually ad libbed all the lines during that scene, so he made it. I'll cut it in right now, guys, so you guys could hear it. The name of the game is called uh, Fizzbin. 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 It's uh, not too difficult. Mm-hmm. Each player gets six cards, except for the dealer, uh, the player on the dealer's right, who uh, gets seven on the right. Yes. The second card is turned up, except on Tuesdays. On Tuesday. Oh, look what you've got two jacks. You got a half Fizzbin already. <laughs> I need another jack. No, no, if you got another jack, why, you'd have uh, a shrunk. A shrunk? Yes, you'd be disqualified. Oh. No, what you need now is either a king and a deuce, except at night, of course, when you need a queen and a, and a four. Except at night. Right. Yeah, so he made up all those lines. He was just talking right off of it. Um... To me, I thought like, man, this this feels like you're trying to like entertain a kid or something like that, which yeah. you know, possibly kind of is like that. It was a very weird scene to me, especially it felt like it wasn't needed, especially since they were just going to beat them up. So I almost felt like it was a filler, like, hey, Kirk, we need like another, you know, two minutes. How Five fast? Seconds. How much can you talk? <laughs> and he's making up all these rules. And I was like, I was kind of getting mad because I'm watching this thing and I'm like, how the hell has he got kings and queens and jacks in there? Who knows what this culture was? Did they have kings before they had mobs? Like, was there a... a Shakespeare well, left behind before this book? Yeah, I would assume they, they left a book behind. They must have left a deck of cards behind, too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the case. Or a list and in the how it breaks down what a deck of cards is. Yeah, and I wonder how long was the horizon there. Maybe they were there for, you know, a few years, and so they yeah. so, yeah, interacted with them, socialized with them a little bit, taught them so how to play weird. cards. I just thought, and then, of course, you know, we have a later scene, too, where they fight, so I'll just kind of lump the two together. I don't, I'm not sure why the audio design guys decided to put in like wacky music every time they fought. There was a lot of yeah. like, you know, slapstick. Is, yeah. I think it was like whimsical, like, you know, Kirk and the crew are, are, you know, good fighters and these guys are like goofy and, and not coordinated. Yeah. They're not trained to fight. They use guns and not their hands maybe. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't care for that when they make it a little too silly. Yeah. It was a uh, bit much on but, this one. But I do like the Fizbin game because it was... I think the first the first representation showing that Kirk can outwit these guys they're they may be you know they got the firepower but they're not geniuses even though they're like you're saying they developed this these guns and this whole society based around mob rule but uh, but he's able to outwit him just because he's you know sharp yeah so then we see that carries on later when he you know tricks 
tricks both the mob bosses later on. Yeah, this society that's based off of um, the mobs thing, it's funny because it's kind of, you need there to be factions, otherwise you, if they're, if everybody's in the same mob, then how are you making money? You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, like, the the solution, Kirk's solution, which by the way, Spock calls out is like, this doesn't work well, is that basically mm-hmm. you're all in the same mob now. That's okay. called taxes. Well, yeah, I guess they just made a government. We're, oh, man, I feel bad about it. We're on the same mob. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to join yeah. the USA, okay? <laughs> All right. Got it. <laughs> there's a president, then there's governors. I mean, it's a whole thing. That does sound like the boss and his lieutenants right there. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's sad. We All need to right. overthrow this. Thanks, Star uh, Trek. So, <laughs> I had another scene I wanted to point out that yeah. to me was a flaw in their logic. And I didn't notice it, honestly, when I, I didn't notice it when I watched the episode. It wasn't until I was doing notes that I was like, wait a minute. That's a that's kind of a that's kind of a hole right there. That doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> when the guys uh, I did like the scene where where Kirk and Spock, I have to say those slowly together because sometimes I merge the two. Yeah, Kirk Spock. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I call him cock. <laughs> <laughs> but when the two of them, uh, they meet now. that young... Yeah, right? <laughs> cock, the best duo. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when they meet that young kid who's practicing his stabbing in the street and whatnot, right. and then he distracts the guys, uh, Kirk and Spock, uh, you know, subdue them, whatever, get inside. When they first get into Krako's like lair or his whatever hideout, they uh stun two guards, right? And then Krako's coming down the stairs and he sees that. He witnessed those two guys fall to the ground and he said something like, Oh, you know, you guys uh I need I need those heaters or something like that. Said said something to them. Yeah. And behind them was a couple guys with regular machine guns and and held them at gunpoint. Not too long after that, Kirk convinces Krako that those are just toys. He saw those really? being used. Yeah, so huh. so uh, they the Krako comes downstairs and he's telling like, "Hey, I need you to get me, you know, hundred of these fancy heaters or whatever." And uh, Kirk is telling him, telling Krako like, "Hey, you know, how well do you trust your guys here? Because I mean, one of these can make any one of these guys a really big boss. He could take you out." And pretty much everybody in this, you know, part of the planet, pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, first Craig was like, "Oh yeah, I trust my guys." And then a little later, he's like, uh, "Let's let's uh, step into my office and we'll talk." So they step in the office. As soon as they get in there, Craig was, you know, gets rough with him. Like, hey, so you know, you you got to get me some of these or whatever. And Kirk says, "What do you want to do messing around with toys? Like this is this is stupid. Let's talk real business." So he takes the toys, the phasers, out of his hands, gives Spock his back, and puts his in his pocket. And Craig was like, "Oh, what are you talking about? These are just toys." And then they move on to talk about business. So he convinced Krako right away, these phasers, which he saw him use and stun people with, oh yeah, no, these are just plastic props. They're just toys for kids. They don't actually do anything. Yeah, what the but hell? He just, <laughs> so at first I was just like, oh, what a good trick that he, that he tricked him. And then I'm like, wait a minute. He tricked him, but Krako literally watched his guys fall after getting shot. So Well, and doesn't that mean they have just the phasers a- the entire time then, even when they're like captured? Is it- this was later though, oh, okay. after... Yeah, so at this point, uh, this is where Kirk sits down in Krako's chair and is telling him how things are going to yeah. go. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they did and the teleportation so, trick. Yeah. The teleportation yeah, yeah. trick. Yeah. Um, so well, you know what, John? In, in this episode, somehow you found something that doesn't fit. Amazingly, you found, yeah. you know, on this planet Chris. of 
I've apparently humans living in the 20s. You found something that doesn't quite work out. That's amazing. I don't know you did. <laughs> and so many planets that have very human-like humanoids. On, yeah, that's you know, totally different. fully a budget. <laughs> Speaking of that, actually, looking like humans but being a whole different race, uh, the original script for this actually had Romulans on the planet as well, trying to also make a deal with the um, Iosians. Mm. So it would have been That'd like be- another, the other, basically the other mob boss would have been Romulans, essentially, sounds like. That'd be too much like that Klingon episode, though. You remember that one with the, uh, uh, what was yeah, it? Yeah, with the Frisbee, the, or was it the Frisbee people? It had weird sounds. It had really weird sounds and stupid costumes. Yeah, where, where the Klingons and the Federation were fighting over this one planet that was yeah. like a key trade route or something like that. Right. And the the people had like uh, superpowers. They they yeah. were much stronger than either side, so they just said, nope, this is how things are going to go. But uh, yeah, it would have been, I probably would have felt too much like that if they had another alien race fighting for the planet yeah but i i would like to, to have seen more romulans because i think you know they're underutilized in star trek and of course one of the most notable episodes of star trek the original series was romulan focus and then going forward forever we have this you know the neutral zones always such a pivotal thing in star trek it would have been mm-hmm. nice to kind of keep sowing more of those seeds here in tos and i think the idea that they're both trying to make a deal for this one planet maybe the planet's on the edge of the neutral zone it would have been like a new colony or something like that for Romulans to establish or possibly a foothold for the Enterprise or for Federation. Like they, that would have been mm-hmm. kind of cool. I, I, what we got was fine, but I think it would have been cool as another way to bring in more Romulans, which is a yeah. unsung and, badass. And the Romulans could argue too that humans came here and did bad, did harm. So right. now the Romulans are going to take over and get show that teach them, you know, true harmony yeah. and structure. And, you know, it's going to take some authoritative control, but still we'll straighten them out. And, 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 and that's cool how you solve it, John. You're right there. You just nailed it. So then Kirk realizes that trying to use the Federation flag and all that Federation stands for won't work. He recognizes that these guys worship mob bosses. And then that's mm-hmm. when he activates mob boss Kirk. Mm-hmm. And, and the that's Romulans it. are like, I don't understand this because it's not part of their culture. They don't understand what's going on. And Kirk can turn it on, on, on a dime. It's, that would be really cool, actually. We need to be Star Trek writers. Me, you, I'm and Kevin, you. we get in a room, we could pop out like five episodes a day. It'd be great. Let us know if you guys want it. We could we could totally do it. I'm on board with that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. What else from this episode do you want to discuss? I, we've got so many things. Uh, there was a random uh, box. It's just one of those Kirk moments to me, William Shatner moments. He had to like run out of the building and then he was captured by the other guys, right? And there was some like mm-hmm. random box in the middle of the street and I just, and he hopped over it while he's running to look cool. And I just, again, was thinking about like, there had to be a point where Shatner's like, guys, 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 I think we could put something here for me to jump over and look kind of cool doing. Like, I'll seamlessly jump over this box. <laughs> Otherwise, why was there a box in the middle of the street? <laughs> yeah, no that sense. doesn't make sense. And That's true. Also, I, didn't even, I didn't even realize that. Why would you not walk on either side of it? No, you literally just jumped over one particular, like, it was like maybe three boxes really bunched up. And I was just like, yeah. there's no doubt in my mind Shatner was like, I got an idea, guys. <laughs> Let's do this box thing. Oh, man. That's funny. I didn't even see that. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Krako, they they gather all the bosses together. Yeah. Uh oh, so then they use the ship. That's what it was. The stun, uh, yeah. To to stun that that was really effective. But I think that's like an overpowered move the ship can do, right? So we don't see yes. that almost ever. It's I don't think never, we ever see that. I, I, in the in the notes I pulled up, the facts I pulled up, never used before, never used after. It's a one time thing okay. that they did. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it would have been interesting. I mean, they could have they could have added a little. They don't do techno babble in the original series, but they could have added a little bit of techno babble that says, "Oh, because of their atmosphere, there's something unique about it. We're able to make the the phaser, you know, disperse or something like that." But uh, yeah, I don't know. That was kind of a cheater move. Uh, it looked cool though. I mean, yeah. those are their regular, their cheesy effects, but it was uh, super effective. You see everybody drop it once in the street. That was kind of. Kind of cool. It definitely uh, convinced the mob bosses too of of Kirk's power. Yeah, and then at this point, basically they say, you know what? Let's go. They basically make Oxmix. I think there's a way to say his Ox- name. Uh, Oxmix. They make so. him the Ox-mix. boss of the planet, which I think was a good choice. That actor, by the way, mm-hmm. I was like, I know I've seen him before. And what it is, he's played in a lot of old westerns, and he's, he was like in a ton mm-hmm. of seventies and eighties TV shows. So I've seen him probably in reruns. Nick at night, you know, there's, there's a few. A uh, heck of a good actor. I actually, really liked him. Um, yeah. and, and so they basically made him the boss. Now, what's cool about that is after filming, they were done filming and like mm-hmm. that. The actor, Anthony Caruso, he is <laughs> so cool. He mailed the studio on a, a letter in there. Uh, he says, I'm sorry, let me, let me read it verbatim. Okay. It was a letter from Oxmix thanking the crew of the enterprise for creating the syndicate and things were proceeding nicely in Sigma Iosha too. As he goes on in the letter, it is now the 1950s and he is sporting a crew cut. He also mentioned wanting to visit Las Vegas, remarking, it seems like a my kind of town. So the guy basically sent a letter to Paramount saying like, hey, th-, you know, like just following the story. I almost, it's like a creative way of saying like make a part two and invite me back kind of thing. <laughs> That's I what I'm really thinking. Like it. that would be so awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, go 20 or 50 years, or maybe not 50, you know, 15 or 20 years past his letter and now he's taking over Vegas, you know? Like, that would be cool. Let's see what happens. I actually do have what happens next. I ended up pulling up the Marvel story, comic book story, if you're ready for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Marvel Comics, they, they wrote the Star Trek comic books at one point, right? Uh, a sequel story mm-hmm. to the episode as part of Star Trek Ultimate Series. The story is a piece of the reaction featured the crew uh, of the USS Enterprise-E, that's the one from First Contact, returning to the planet that it's um, that a society had in fact gone and, and modeled itself after 23rd century Starfleet. You tell I'm reading because I keep stuttering a lot. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> thanks to uh, the communicator McCoy left behind, the planet is now led by the tough kid that Kirk and Spock met on the streets who wishes to hijack the Enterprise E and finally gain command of a starship, just like his idol, James T. Kirk. So in leaving, it, they basically Kirk becomes the idol that everybody's worshiping like the book was beforehand. And they use the communicator mm-hmm. to model themselves after Starfleet. But now they look, they sound almost like the mirror version of Starfleet where they're like aggressive. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. They're like pirates themselves. That came out in, um, Oh no, I'm sorry. The, the first contact came out in 96. So the, the book must've been a little after that. Nice. Man, there's so much, I, I, I have a few Star Trek comics I haven't read yet too, but there's so much out there that like, if you were really trying to collect yeah. them, it'd be, hard to keep up so guys actually while we're talking about that uh star trek is releasing a few new comic book runs this month september 14th area one of them's lower decks um uh, uh we actually have been in communications with the uh, with the artist of that book uh back and forth very nice guy follow him on twitter i'll, I'll share i'll put a link to him in the description he's he's always tweeting out something funny but yeah the actual artist of this book and, and it's funny because when you're reading the panels you're like man this feels like a regular episode of lower decks and they're they're also coming out with like discovery book so check it out, guys. Brand new IDW, I think is the new publisher for them. They're, they seem like they're going to be a lot of fun. I'm on board with it. Nice. 
All right. So I know you touched on your morals. Do you want to repeat what you had for the so, morals of the story? Good. Yeah, good idea. My first morals was, I'm going to try to rephrase it to what makes more sense. Um, <laughs> but don't make your soul belief one source. Be open-minded. Yeah. And then my yeah. second one is, we need common sense heater control, guys. Not everybody can be packing mm-hmm. heaters. Is my other one. Exactly. Yeah. I like it. What do you think? What's mine your goal for this? Mine were not so intellectual. Intellectual. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> John, I, I just, <laughs> as heaters, is it? Those, I wanted to use it. <laughs> the, those were pretty smart. I mean, those were pretty smart socially <laughs> to modern times, especially. Yeah. Uh, mine was research before you travel. We see this in uh, countless episodes. They beam down to a planet. You have the technology. You're in orbit. You're safe where you're at. You're going to put your body where you want it on the planet. Do a little research. I mean, you got a Google still exists, right? I mean, why does it need to be the trifecta too? Like, why are you saying like, hey, let's send the three most important guys. Boom. Random planet. (laughs) Let's set Ensign Ricky down and see if he comes back in 45 minutes. Exactly. If he doesn't, we're going to be more careful. Being back Ensign Ricky. Hey, is it cold? How was breathing? Yeah. Those are the questions you ask. How <laughs> was breathing? Is is this an M class planet? It might be a Y. We're not sure. <laughs> well, we our, our M class planet scanner's down. Let's send Ricky. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, oh, poor Ricky. Uh, second second one was uh, a bully is a weak man hiding behind a loud voice. Ooh, so we damn. see that you said you weren't intellectual. Kurt, Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, that I'm sure there's a lot better ways to say that. I couldn't think of it, but oh, I, like I kept that. like rewriting that. Uh, but Kirk is able to like outwit these guys and outgun them and, and talk them down. So it was just a matter of being the louder one, I think, out of the yeah. group, taking control of the situation. So uh, these guys who flaunt their power and act like they're big tough guys can actually be manhandled just like the rest of them. Yeah, that's a good. I like that one, John. That's that's a, that's a good bumper sticker one right there. I like that. That's right. Nice. Go, go to it, Geek Freaks. Uh, <laughs> get our bumper stickers. Well, just a little peek behind the curtains, guys. Why you haven't seen any real new merch out of us is we're in the middle of being uh, approved as an Amazon store. So once we're approved mm. as an Amazon store, Prime shipping, folks. You can get that stuff with the Prime shipping. That's the whole key with that. But yeah, all kinds of stuff. So again, Jonathan, an episode I didn't care for after Trek Freaks. I like it more. That happens every time. Oh yeah. It's it, it vice versa. Sometimes I'll have an episode where I'm super hyped about it, but maybe Kevin doesn't like it as much. Yeah. And then after talking about it, like, oh yeah, there was a lot of flaws in this one. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I liked it, but it wasn't that good. But this one, this last episode was pretty rough. Before well, that, we yeah. had trouble with tribbles. That's a good. And, one. <laughs> you know, before, we've had we've had kind of ups and downs for a while, but this is to me was a really fun one. I liked That's it. That's a it good way to put it. It was fun. Yeah, science wise, sure. There's you know plenty of questions to be asked but just entertaining 100 percent. so i give this one a b plus what'd you give it um i give it oh boy (laughs) (laughs) no i don't give it a b i I give it a good solid c but you know what so it was like the third transformers movie and it was still worth the watch sometimes sometimes you just want something Uh, for popcorn i didn't even watch i didn't watch the third one (laughs) (laughs) i think that one had clock in it actually leonard neboy's in one of them i think it might be that one because Shia LaBeouf was only in the first two, right? Yeah, I think after that, we all agreed he needs to live on the sun. So, yeah. Well, he's I think starting they, to like, come back as an actor, like, by the way. Like, Shia LaBeouf's like, I'm going to be serious now. It's like, no, you're not. Oh, he's in something that I just saw an ad for on, maybe it was Apple TV. It was either that or Hulu. Um, but the, 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 whatever you call it, poster, the image looked pretty, pretty sharp. So I was like, eh, maybe I'll give that a shot. He is in Though, Lawless he, as well. 
Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, Speaking he was a balls. lawless. One of my favorite movies. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I didn't even point out in the show when they first see uh, uh, Oxmix's lair or whatever, they got a still in the background, a big still. That had to be a couple hundred gallons still. So that oh, was pretty cool. Good catch. Jonathan used to yeah. uh, make his own moonshine is how he, how he knows. Hey, that's that supposed to be on the DL. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. By the way, oh, I used like to. There's no incriminating evidence. <laughs> I finally cracked open that. You gave me a mason jar. I couldn't tell you how long ago of some shit in there. I finally cracked uh-huh. it open this morning and it smelled so bad. I, I, mean, I had to pour it out. It's like it. I think it cleared my pipes up. I think I'm good for a while. It might have killed my uh, septic tank. <laughs> you, you might want to check and make sure you still got pipes. Yeah. It could have eroded through them. Yeah, that, that, but it wasn't oh, that it was man. funky. It was just like, oh my God, there's poison in the John that was trying to make me blind. Yeah. So I'll, we'll talk later, but I definitely, <laughs> if I ever do that in the future, have some tweaks to the recipe. But I also got something from somebody else who I've heard is really good. We'll have to try it sometime. I think we could make a Trick Freaks uh, synthahol. John, we'll call hey, it synthahol. Oh, man. Synthahol. Uh, I'm God. already thinking but of the labels, gotta, guys. We got to go legit, though. <laughs> uh, that'd, be, that'd be pretty cool, especially if we're going to be right. selling it. You, know, you can't sell alcohol on Amazon, can you? No. And then maybe we could do like Geek Freaky Ale or something like that. I don't know. We'll find something. Mm, geek, geek Freak Brew. Or, yeah. I've been looking into uh, now. I'll, you know what? That's for another time. <laughs> so kinds of stuff. For, <laughs> we, we, I have a lot of meetings with a lot of people. Some of them don't pan out, but there's a coffee company that might be Geek Freaks Coffee pretty soon. So hey, yeah, there you go, there you go, up all night or something like that, like uh, the overnighter, yeah, something like that. Yeah. There you go, yeah. overnighter, launch day. That'd be good. <laughs> oh, shit. oh man, I'm telling you some good ideas, guys. You're getting it right here, guys. I'm not gonna cut any of this out. All right. Ah, uh, there was one other little thing we were we were talking about i was like oh yeah i gotta bring this up but i forgot it so it's gonna have to not be i don't remember i got a lot of good little things here uh james duhan the one you know scotty he did he was the radio voice in this episode he just changed his voice to be the radio voice in this um this is the only episode in which kurt calls mccoy sawbones instead of bones Mm -hmm. um yeah this is supposed to be a a parallel earth story but it, it didn't pan out yeah, there's there's all, there's so many little things about like the writers on this. There's it's pretty interesting. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think this was a good one. Yeah, I liked it. Um. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you did, don't forget to uh, join us next week. <laughs> Sorry. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this. Uh, don't forget to join us next time for season two, episode eighteen, the immunity syndrome. Ooh, that sounds. Uh, good. Follow us on. Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, Discord, geekfreakspodcast.com. We know Frank is throwing up all kinds of TikToks lately. Really sharp. All kinds of geek info you got to catch up with. So, <laughs> By the way, if you guys like the TikToks, those are actually a podcast too called Headlines. So you guys can be subscribing to our podcast Headlines. It's now not a Spotify exclusive. It's now on all Spotify, or all podcast platforms. So Does that mean Geek Freaks has 10 podcast we have 11 actually. channels under? Oh my God. Yeah. I got to update my notes. I'm ready to say. Oh, that's uh, why we need a Geek Freeze <laughs> coffee because I need to consume more coffee. Right. We have if 11 and we actually have be... another one, not to go off, but there's a sports one that's, you know, we've talked, maybe you probably heard about. Oh, um, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. probably coming out later this month. So I don't know how we're going to fit that in, but we'll figure it out. If anybody has a disposable time and would love to just help occasionally as a Geek Freaks unpaid intern. Yes. Contact us through any means possible. I need an assistant. You'll get one of these every day. That's me pointing at the camera, doing the wink and the guns. And then if you work yeah. overtime, it's time and a half. That's two guns. Yeah, <laughs> two guns. That's double time. That's that's double time there, folks. And, and the one wink and a whole lot of love from us. 
I and mean, we can we can send you stickers every once in a while. Yeah. Oh, we got new stickers in, by the way. Oh, God. Okay, let's wrap this up, John. We could go forever. All right. <laughs> All right. Transporter room. Two to beam up. Mm-hmm.